What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? All right, we are off and running on another episode of What's the Spread? And we got big smiles on our faces. Yes. is here. One of the best, if not the best weekend in all of sports. Labor Day weekend is all about college football. Man, do we have a good slate of games to talk about. I'm super stoked, Miles. Listen, we had week zero, and we were forced to watch some awful, awful football. <laughs> and now we week one, we were gave a little tease with the Ohio State-Minnesota classic battle, the UCF comeback victory over Boise State. Oh, yeah. We are happy. Let's get into the slate and talk football. All right. Well, we talked a little bit about this uh, in our uh, college football predictions that we did today. But, my friends, Georgia and Clemson, not in a very long time have we had a game of this magnitude on week one that is going to decide so many things. Oh, my God. And it's so appropriate that it's going to be a neutral site. It's a Charlotte, North Carolina Bank of America Stadium, it's about equidistant between where Georgia and Clemson are. So it's perfect. I hope it's going to be 50-50. I hope it's a sellout. I'm going with Georgia. Georgia was my pick in the offseason to win this game, and I'm not going to go against that. I'm even higher on Georgia than even other people are. As I said in my playoff predictions, I think that they're the number one team in the country going into the SEC championship game before losing to Alabama. But I think that Georgia – with JT Daniels, my man JT Daniels, when he was inserted into the lineup, and I also said how carefully Kirby Smart did that and how it was so impactful. They were the number two offense in the SEC after JT Daniels was inserted into the lineup. Over 35 points per game, over 300 passing yards per game. This is the missing piece for Georgia and Kirby Smart's program. JT Daniels, I'm putting so much on this guy. He's the missing <laughs> piece in this game. I think that DJ is going to make more mistakes than than JT will. I think that Georgia has a stronger front seven. They're a little inexperienced at corner, but I think that that uh, we've got two really good defenses here. Both teams are going to struggle to run the football, so it's going to come down to which quarterback is going to make the bigger plays. And I think that that's going to be JT Daniels. And not to mention, guys, I'm getting three points here with Georgia, so I am all over Georgia plus three. Listen, uh, the public agrees with you. 56% of the action is actually on Georgia to cover. I'm going to go against the public and go against you, my friend, and take Clemson. I alluded to this earlier. I think that the pressure is on Georgia to have a stellar season. The pressure is on Kirby Smart to have a stellar season. Like I said, Georgia wide receiver room is not my cup of tea, not something that I'm really trying to, to, to talk about here. We get the return of Justin Ross for Clemson. I think DJ is just... The man, when a guy gets to play carefree, no stress, and he has a big arm, great things generally tend to happen. I think that Clemson knows that this game is win or lose. They're not going to give them a hard time. But Georgia, on the other hand, they have so much to look forward to where I think they're going to come out a little tight. And with this Clemson offense, I think it's good enough. And I think it's powerful enough to, if they get an early lead, it's going to be hard for Georgia to come back. So I'm taking Clemson minus three. All right. What do we got next? Next is a game that I'm so excited for. I even put it on Facebook that if you have free tickets, send them to me. We have Alabama, number one Alabama, 
versus number 14, Miami at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Alabama opened as a 17.5 point favorite, and the Lions quickly moved to 19.5. I'm taking the Alabama Crimson Tide. This defense is going to give De'Eric King trouble. I think that it will be close for a little bit. I think maybe into the sec, uh, late into the second quarter, it's going to be a pretty close game. But this electric offense and this great defense is going to be too much for, for Miami. Listen, everyone wants to talk about the, the returning starters on Miami's offensive line, right? Offensive line's not one of those positions where you're going to make leaps and bounds and get better as a group in the next season. Right, you have to bring in new talent. You, it, it's the same in any football. You think about college football, high school. You think about the NFL. Just because your 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 core is returning on offensive line, if they weren't good, you're not just going to automatically get better. And I think that that's going to be a lot of problems for Derek King. So I'm taking Alabama to cover here. And honestly, Atlanta's a home game for Alabama. We all know that. So give me the tide here. Yeah, I'm going with Alabama as well, uh, minus 19 and a half. There was a trend that really stood out to me here, uh, and this covers Nick Saban and Alabama. Their last 14 games as favorites of 14 or more points, 10 and 4 against the spread. Alabama covers big spreads. When you think it's too big, it's not because they end up yeah. covering. All right, we've got a Miami team here where we don't know what we're getting out of De'Ari King. We don't know what kind of form he's going to be in. We don't know how healthy he is. I think the Alabama's defense is going to disrupt that Miami offense. Miami's replacing three starters on the defensive line, too. Yeah. So are they going to be able to get pressure on Bryce Young, who's coming into his first game? I think he's going to be uh, be able to settle in nicely. I got John Mechie having a huge game in this one. I like uh, John Mechie's props, whatever it is, over receiving yards, yep. four touchdowns, take it. John Mechie's yeah. having a big game on Saturday. Miami struggled in the secondary. Uh, last year as well and yeah. you know I, I just don't see that defensive line being anything that's going to be fearful uh what do we have next miles yeah uh penn state number 19 penn state at number 12 wisconsin we got a big weekend in big 10 football wisconsin's coming in as five and a half point favorites all right don't forget about penn state i take i, I am all over penn state plus five and a half here and it would not surprise me at all if Penn State wins this football game. Listen, it's going to be Camp Randall. It's big new kickoff. I know that the Wisconsin fan base is going to be excited. It's going to be a really tough environment. But again, what do we really have in Wisconsin? What do we really have in Graham Mertz? Guys, he only had like two good games. Yeah. He didn't do good the rest of the season. Now, I'm not saying that Sean Clifford is anything special for Penn State because he's not. But we've got Sean Clifford versus Graham Mertz. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think that both offenses are really going to struggle to get going in this one. I think that it comes down to the final drive either way. And I think that there's just too much uh, – they're, they're just too close for me. I think five and a half is a lot of points. I'm actually yeah. really surprised that it is that high. And then the last thing I'll say, Penn State, their last 11 games as an underdog, eight and three against a spread. That is – James Franklin magic. Penn State's going to make a statement on Saturday. No, I totally agree, Miles. I'm on the same token as you. I think it's going to be very low scoring. And generally the best sides to take in low scoring games are the underdog because anything can happen just like in soccer, just like in basketball, low scoring. I think those four, five point spreads are very hard to cover for the the favorite. And Wisconsin in their last four conference games, 0-4 oh, against the spread, and we have 
a Penn State team who finished the season strong. They finished the season strong in a COVID year where they honestly didn't have to, to, to play. They didn't have to do anything at the end of the year because they were out of it. They were demoralized early, but they finished strong 4-0 against the spread to end the season. I like them here. I like them to upset and win. All right, moving on to another Big Ten clash. Number 17, Indiana at number 18, Iowa. Get your popcorn out because these two Big Ten matchups are going to be oh, yeah. close. We got Iowa as minus three and a half, so a little bit more manageable of a spread here. I picked Iowa to win the West. I think that they're the best team in that division. Indiana is going to have a really good season, but Iowa is going to win this game and they're going to cover the spread. Listen, both teams have been really good against the spread recently. Indiana is 8-1 and against the spread in their last nine games. Iowa is 5-1 and against the spread in their last six games. So it comes down to what can you trust in this game? To me right now, Iowa is more of a constant, especially at home. Yeah. Kennedy Stadium is one of the toughest places to play in the entire country, and it is going to be rocking. Indiana is getting Michael Penix back. But to me, it's a little bit of an unknown. As I said, I think Indiana wins eight, nine games this year, but I think they struggle in this one. Iowa is going to control the clock. Tyler Goodson is a star at running back. They're going to play Iowa football. The thing with a season like Indiana is it's so difficult to have consistency in these leagues, in these power five leagues. It is so, especially for programs like Indiana who don't have a history of consistent play. So as I said, I don't think 2020 was a fluke. I think Tom Allen has Indiana going in the right direction, but this is just too tough of an opener to cover three and a half points. I like Iowa. Listen, Miles, the uh, the one note that I took, I, I took two notes for this game, but the one most important bolded note, I said, Iowa does not lose at home. We have a, a quarterback coming off injury, and I think that it's fair to say, um, okay, I'll give you guys a couple pointers of reasons to take teams or reasons to fade teams. Quarterbacks coming off injury, reasons to fade. Teams returning a lot of starters, reason to take. Teams playing at home with great home record, reason to take. Um, teams losing a lot of players, reason to fades. I think that is a lot here with Indiana relying on Pinnix. But we said that they looked good. You know, they great against the spread. They looked good without Pinnix. But I was not losing this game. I was going to have a fantastic season. I'm taking Iowa minus three and a half. And I'm not even thinking twice about it. Um, I think this game, we are actually against the public here. Uh, the public numbers. Oh, actually, I lied. We are with the public here. Heavy 65% of the oh, action wow. is is on um is on Iowa. One thing that's really scary to me though about this game is the line has actually gone the opposite direction. Went from four to three and a half. But I think that we'll see a lot more correction when the real money comes later tonight and tomorrow. Absolutely. All right, let's go ahead and end it with a very intriguing matchup uh when you sent this one over to me. We got number 16 LSU at UCLA. LSU two and a half point favorites. UCLA coming off a 44 to 10 win over my uh, over uh, Hawaii. And I think it was a little misleading because everyone's talking about Zach Charbonnet and how he had a breakout performance. And he did, but he had six carries. Now, did he score three touchdowns on those six carries? Absolutely. He did. But let's keep in mind, Dorian Thompson Robinson, he was 10 of 20. He yeah. didn't really look that comfortable. I'm going with LSU here. They're loaded with talent. We got Max Johnson, a quarterback who I, you know, I am not a believer in, but to me, this is a week one game where I think talent is going to win out. Now, if LSU was sitting around like a four, four and a half, five point favorite, then I may go the other way because I do think it's going to be a really close game. But I think that LSU's defense is going to be the one to make more stops. And that's why I'm going with the Tigers. Go Tigers. 
I'm actually going on the opposite side here. And for me, this is solely a fade on the public. This game is nuts. Listen, 63% of the action is on Louisiana, right? But 63% of the money is on UCLA. I think that UCLA had the ability to get that tune-up game. And Thompson can't play any worse. Honestly, he can't play any worse than he did last game. And for me, that is fair and good enough for me to go ahead and go with the Bruins. Listen, I'm I'm not getting behind. I'm not freaking getting behind the – LSU hype that everyone's been talking about. Listen, you've been low on LSU all offseason, okay? I know. Let's not forget that they, that they won a national championship <laughs> 18 months ago, whatever the hell it was. All right, Brad, let's slow down a little bit with the LSU hate. <laughs> but, hey, I, I mean, you know, they they looked awful last year. Yes. They looked lost. Um, if it wasn't for a shoe, then, they, you know, then they wouldn't have had, they wouldn't have had any big game. Or any, any big, big wins. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, but, man, this is a really intriguing matchup to me. Uh, with a Pac-12 SEC, you got LSU coming off a really disappointing 2020 season. You've got a UCLA program that is looking for that marquee win. And I think LSU – now, I will say LSU being ranked 16 is way too damn high. Way. I'm in my top 25, but I, I had them lower. But uh, this is a chance uh, – this is a big statement game for, for these big two game. programs who find themselves in very different positions. It's always tough to uh, to fade the the SEC against the, Big, the the Pac-12. So, and I'm I'm actually doing that. So, I, we'll see where my my head is at right before game time. Uh, but I, I think I have to fade the public on this one. All right, that was fun, guys. We uh you know uh, went through those games. We got a big big weekend of college football. Yes. Also, uh, check out our uh, we did our predictions episode this week. Um, which is a little bit longer, has a little more content where we go through our conference winners. We go through our college football playoff predictions. All of that is there. Make sure you check it out. Uh, that's all I got to say about that. Let's no, we are going to have our, an introduction to our new segment, the goal line. Please stay tuned. Guys, Miles, my freaking man over here, has been killing it in his articles. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, and that's Miles on Sports. Follow me on Twitter where I give my picks and my articles as well, at Mr. Brad Thomas. Tune in. For the next segment. Let's get to the goal line. Yes. All right. Welcome to the goal line. A brand new segment on what's the spread where we end every show by bringing in our favorite sports handicappers from the Twitterverse to give us their best bets of the weekend. Today we have our very good friend Vaughn Dalzell. Follow him at VMoneySports. Vaughn, my friend, how we doing? I'm doing well today. I'm super excited for week one. Had a fun week zero, a couple surprises. Most of it was pretty vanilla, in my opinion. So uh, I'm ready for Saturday to just get rocking. How are you guys feeling today? So good. I'm so glad you're joining us. I was telling Miles that, you know, I was stuck up in Detroit working and, and trying to trying to watch football as much as I possibly could. We we got a great appetizer with two very exciting games last night in Ohio State and Minnesota and UCF in Boise State. So I'm excited to hear your picks and kind of talk about them a little bit. Yeah, so I got two plays I wanted to give to you guys today. Uh, the first one might not be as exciting as the next one. I will be honest with that. But I like BYU and Arizona. On Saturday, it's a nightcap game, one of the last games of the evening. So you can end your night on this, hopefully a cherry on top Saturday. And it's minus 12. I got them at the 11 and a half. You can get at 12, 12 and a half still. I'm okay with that, mostly because Arizona, 11 of their 12 losses are by 10 or more points. 
incredible losing streak, completely new coach Fish, who's playing two quarterbacks in the first half. And he also said, hey, week two and three, we got home fit, we got home field advantage. We're going to get this place crowded and packed. You're not even talking about week one, buddy. BYU is no slouch of a team. They got Jaron Hall running and a passing quarterback. I think he's going to be okay with BYU on Saturday. So I'm going to take them. I think they cover by two touchdowns here. And I think we're going to be surprised how good BYU looks in this game, but uh, how bad they might look the next two weeks after that. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that look here. Let's think about the time when uh, Arizona had Sumlin and everyone was so high on them. This program is going to be amazing. Yeah. And honestly, I think he did the program uh, an injustice. And they're god-awful, easy to fade. I'm excited for this post-Wilson uh, era at BYU yeah, yeah. because – now they have the, the true dual-threat quarterback. It's going to be fun to watch, and I will be tailing that action. Yeah, that Arizona program is in a free fall right now. And as you said, Vaughn, like this, this BYU program is no joke. I mean, there's, there is a reason why the Big 12 is you know, going after them uh, for their expansion. But yeah. listen, I love the picks after dark. Me and Mr. Brad Thomas, yes. some of our favorite things to do. Never go to bed early. There's always good football action on late at night on a Saturday night. So I'm digging <laughs> Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So you have another pick like that play yeah. a lot. That's going to be my biggest play as of now for the weekend at the unit. Yeah. Cool. And then for the next play, I'm going to be rolling with Clemson and Georgia. Now, everybody in the world is going to be betting this and watching this game. I got Clemson minus three. Um, I like them in this spot against the spread as the favorite on neutral field. Five and one since 2018. Georgia, not as good. Oh, two on the money line. One and one. Then they don't play too many neutral fields, but this one goes into Clemson's favor for two main reasons for me. One, they're playing in rally down at the Panther Stadium. That's where the last four ACC championships were. Clemson won all four of those. Clemson also has nine returners back on defense, where Georgia only has five. And those nine guys, especially the defensive line for both teams, are going to be rotating and very good. But I like Clemson's overall defensive unit better, even though both guys have both teams have stud quarterbacks. Great game. Clemson by a field goal. What side are you guys on? I am actually on Clemson with you. I, I'm using a lot of the pressure play for my pick. I think that the lights and the stage is going to be bright for Georgia. Clemson could come in here with a elite quarterback and no pressure. Dabo is one of the best culture quarter, culture coaches in college football. And he just like when he came out with the rest of y'all and they went on to win a national championship, he's going to come out with the no pressure and everyone against us kind of kind of mantra that he's going to play. I really do like uh, Clemson's defense, and I think that they can get enough stops early where if I would have to pick a team that was going to come back in a game here, it's going to be a team like Clemson. But I don't think if Georgia goes down two scores, they're not coming back. You guys are making me nervous. I I, I feel cornered now, but listen, <laughs> I'm I'm on Georgia plus three, and you know they were my pick to win this game in the offseason. And you know I whether it's right or not, I tend to put a lot of stock on what I saw last. And listen, I am an Ohio State Buckeye. Nothing made me happier in the world to watch Justin Fields absolutely shred that Brett Venables Clemson defense. And yes, they do have those returning starters, but JT Daniels, I just feel like is going to have a lot more success through the air than DJ on the other side. And again, it just comes from what I saw last. And I saw Justin Fields absolutely shred that Clemson defense. They had no answer for him in the secondary. Uh, now, you know, obviously Georgia does not have the receivers that Ohio State has, but I'm really getting behind JT Daniels, really high on this kid. As I mentioned earlier in the episode, this Georgia offense took off 
when JT Daniels was inserted into that lineup. And I just think they're going to feed off that momentum. But call me crazy for picking against Clemson, guys. I mean, yeah. listen, I can't fault anybody for where they want to go in this game. I thought, Vaughn, I thought you brought up a really good point. Everybody's going to be watching this game. Everybody's going to be betting this game. This is why we love college football. For yes. games like this. Awesome, Vaughn. Thank you so much for joining exactly. the podcast. Any last words? Oh, no. I mean, just make sure you check me out on Twitter. I appreciate you guys for having me on so much. Let's uh, let's get some winners this Saturday. Let's keep things rolling. Yes, let's get some winners, guys. Be sure to follow Vaughn on Twitter, V Money Sports. He gives out plays every day, articles, and he also does videos. He's a freaking legend. Guys, thank you so much for listening to What's the Spread podcast. Be sure to download and rate and subscribe. Take care. Best of luck and have a great college football Saturday.